The Lancet Psychiatry Podcast, bringing you the latest news and views from around the world of mental health. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to The Lancet Psychiatry Podcast. I'm senior editor Dustin Graham. As many listeners will know, developing a strong therapeutic alliance between clinician and patient is critical in mental health care. And there are many factors that can impact this alliance, including social and cultural. Uh, In a recent published paper in the journal, a team of researchers looked at patients' perceptions of providers' cultural competency and differences in these perceptions across race and ethnicity. Joining me today are, are the authors of that paper, and we're going to kind of dig into the paper and what some of the clinical take-homes are. The first question I'll start off with, I will ask of uh, Ayana Jordan from Yale University. Could you give us a little explanation about what exactly is cultural competency and why, why did you and your authors choose to look at this and, and potential disparities between uh, across race, uh, race and ethnicity? Yeah, thank you so much, Dustin. It's always good to be here um, with the journal to highlight such an important issue and also with the co-authors who worked on this with me. So really just thinking about cultural competency, what is it? Really making sure that um, we have an understanding or appreciation of someone's own um, belief system. What are things in their lives that have value? What are the things that they draw inspiration from? And how can we bring those particular um, data points into the field of mental health to actually improve outcomes? So when we're practicing cultural competency, it's really having the ability to understand, appreciate, and um, interact with people from all different walks of life and understand their belief systems to bring about better outcomes. So we were really excited to study cultural competency in the context of people with um, mental illness. Would you mind just going a little bit into how did the study get started? You know, who, what was, what was the inspiration for it? How did your team kind of come together? Yeah, it's interesting because this really was the brainchild of the first author who you'll hear from, um, a little later, nor and really thinking about how can we take advantage of having um, time with COVID. Uh, a lot of trainees were not ha- in the hospitals as much as they were before. And that really allowed time to say, what are the um, questions that we need to ask in terms of how is cultural competency practiced or not practiced specifically amongst patients with mental illness. So there was a lot of emphasis placed on um, understanding the provider's point of view or the clinician's point of view, their own internal bias, their stigma, how their own um, unconscious bias has led to inequitable outcomes. But what about the patient perspective? And especially when someone has a mental illness, how does this impact their perception of if they're taken care of in a way that is um, conducive to their own cultural values. And looking in the literature, we didn't, there wasn't anything that was known about that. So NOR really had access to um, this US data set that was the first data set and the only one that we know of that actually asked the question amongst people, which is the large set amongst people with depression, who 
were asked about cultural competence. What happened? What was important? What did they want? And we were able to answer that question. And so we are really excited because we're able to see some interesting findings that we'll be able to talk about soon. Yeah, and that uh, that's a nice segue. Um, so, uh, Noor uh, Ekin from Vanderbilt University, um, thanks very much for also joining us. Uh, uh, she's first author on the paper. Um, would you mind kind of summarizing for us what what were the main findings? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I think the big takeaway was that our study really was one of the first to show on a national scale that of those individuals who were shown to have depression or have depressive symptoms, cultural competence was more desired among individuals who identified as black or Hispanic, uh, but those individuals were less able to access such culturally competent care. And they specifically identified this culturally competent care as like individuals who shared or understood their culture and were able to express this during their interactions. And these results weren't really surprising given what we knew about the mismatch of racial and ethnic backgrounds of patients and psychiatric providers, but I think it's really powerful because this informs how psychiatric providers should approach care for minoritized individuals regardless of their own background, but also does tell us that we need to increase diversity amongst providers. Another uh, co-author of the paper that we have uh, on on the phone right now, uh, Christy from Harvard University and Sloan Kettering. Would you mind discussing a little bit about what were some of the challenges in, in the data and what, what are some of the limitations? Thank you so much for having us, Dr. Graham. And it's an absolute pleasure to be able to share our findings with a, with a wider audience of medicine psychiatry. Um, speaking to our to the limitations for our study, I think primarily it's limited by the uh, by the by the nature of the retrospective database that we used, the National Health Interview Survey. Um, the first uh, limitation that comes to mind um, is that the definitions of depression and anxiety were based on patients' self-report of these symptoms. So they weren't necessarily um, um, DSM-defined uh, or diagnosed um, 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 mood disorders, but were instead the experience of the patient. But in some ways, that could also be seen as a strength in that it's the perception of that patient um, of their experience of, um, of these uh, mood disorders. I think um, kind of moving forward, it would be important to do a subset analysis, um, perhaps in smaller, um, more focused cohorts of patients who do have DSM-defined um, mental illnesses and to see how cultural competency or the desire for culturally competent care um, factors into the care that these patients receive. Um, another limitation is the relatively limited number of patients who identify as Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, as well as patients who self-define as um, um, Native American or American Indian or, um, or uh, Alaskan Native. Um, and uh, greater efforts to include these populations in these studies is absolutely warranted. Um, uh, little evidence suggests that their perception of, um, of, uh, of, of cultural humility and cultural competency may vary widely compared to other groups. And I think uh, it behooves the scientific community to um, study these populations with greater focus as well. Um, and lastly, the definition of culture as defined by the NHIS in their survey was a participant's race, ethnicity, gender, religion, or belief system, or native language. But we all know that culture is a, is a broadly defined term, one that involves the uh, multiple intersections of, 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 a, of an individual's identity. And a more focused study looking at different aspects of culture that patients may find more important than others or more critical um, in terms of the mental health care that they receive um, is absolutely important um, for, for these studies to further guide the care that we're able to provide people. 
I'll ask uh, my next question to Albert Power, Powers from Yale University, uh, another co-author on the paper. Um, would you mind telling our listeners, for a clinician in their daily practice, what what are the take-homes? What should what should this paper mean to them? Thanks, Dustin. Yeah. So first and foremost, I should I should say that I am I am a physician. I'm also a neuroscientist, and I am not a physician of color. Um, I'm not part of any um, underrepresented minority group at all. Um, and I think from that perspective as well, I can say that any physician anywhere of any group whatsoever should should see this paper as an indication that these issues um, are not just um, important for medicine, um, but that the issues that we're highlighting in this are actually um, one in the same with disparities that are, are true across society, right? This is, these are people who, um, who need mental health care that, are, that, it, that, that is culturally competent. Um, but in addition to that, they wanna be able to see and be treated by people who are of their same background. Um, that is a second um, part of this uh, that is, of the study that's very important because not everybody in society has the ability to become a mental health care provider. Um, not everybody has the same opportunity to be able to do that. And as physicians, to provide the best care, we need to actually be better advocates for people who do not necessarily have those opportunities. Um, that is part of good care um, across the board. So I think as, as a physician, um, I think um, you know, we should be advocating not only for good culturally competent care, but also for our colleagues who um, should have a better chance of becoming um, mental, health care, mental health care providers in general. I'll ask one final question, uh, and I'll actually direct this to uh, Noor, Noor Ekin, uh, first author. What's, what, what, what are next steps? What's the future for, for this type of work? Absolutely. Um, so it's really interesting because I think like Dr. Jordan was saying earlier, a lot of this research historically focused on the provider perspective. And only recently did we start discussing the patient perspective and the structural changes we need to go about making to make that uh, environment better for our patients. So I think I personally hope seeing a lot more um, survey-based research and research at large focusing specifically on minority patients' voices and experiences. Um, also a research that I hope to incorporate in my future practice. I'm also applying into psychiatry this year. So, um, and I really hope that there will be stronger future efforts to rectify racial disparities, really emphasizing more cultural competence and humility in training as well as incorporated in it into our psychiatric practice. All right. Uh, yeah, Ayana? Yeah, I, I wanted to um, kind of go back to one of the things that you said that I think was important in terms of what can an everyday clinician do in terms of using the results of this paper. And yes, we need more clinicians from racial and ethnic minoritized backgrounds. Are we going to get there in the next five, 10 or 15 years? I don't think we are. In the meantime, what can non-POC or people of color do in their everyday practice? And I think one is really to be curious. Be curious about one's culture. Um, don't shy away from difference. Acknowledge the importance of difference. I understand that you may be treated differently because you have a different cultural norm or you are uh, belong to a different minoritized group. How has that impacted how you... Uh, understand your depression or see your illness? How can we incorporate that into your treatment plan? Being um, 
understanding of what social justice even means, not being afraid to bring that into the clinical uh, milieu or the clinical conversation. If you don't under have that ability or that training, make sure that as a clinician, you are doing part of your continuing medical education to understand the impact of culture. So um, what is, how do you incorporate diversity? What does that mean into your work? Can you go and take some training such that you're able to accept differences and understand how that is um, impacting your patients? And the last thing I will say is that you have to know your own limitations as a clinician. You can only do so much. And if it's not working, it ain't working. So really thinking about when do you need to, in the spirit of Helena Hansen and Jonathan Metzl, practice structural competency, which is really forming those expert collaborations to get the care that the patient needs, right? So when you come to your end and say, listen, I may need a, a cultural anthropologist or a social justice researcher or someone to help me because I am at the max of my knowledge. And that is okay, because in the end, that is what's going to bring about a better outcome. So I'm so excited. Everybody read the paper. This is the first of its kind to really acknowledge from a patient perspective, what um, is valued for Black and Hispanic people, specifically with depression, is having their culture be affirmed in that interaction. So I'm excited about it. And thanks to Lance Psych for highlighting it. That's it for this episode. From the entire editorial team at the Lancet Psychiatry, thanks for listening. Be well and stay safe.